Welcome to The Emergent Human, where we explore optimized health, embodied spirituality, and post-conventional living. I'm Michael Osterlink, a somatic educator, executive coach, and transpersonal guide, and I'm your host. I do want to acknowledge the loss of my friend, Joseph Grabatsky, who is a social entrepreneur, founder of the Institute on Religion and Public Policy, internationally recognized expert in religious freedom, national security and counter-extremism, human rights and conflict transformation, I did an interview with Joseph um, prior to COVID and I'll include it in the show notes. And I want to encourage everyone to take a listen to it because uh, the world lost a really, really good guy. Um, today's show is brought to you by Kosovo Scafidi, an amazing body worker in the Northern Virginia area, who has integrated various somatic approaches into his work, including rolfing. He's also on the board of the Rolf Institute and he happens to be my rolfer. He's a great guy. You can check out his work at www.kosperscafidi.com. That's S-C-A-F-I-D-I dot com. Our guests today is Andrew and Casey Panfill from FiercePlanetAdventures.com. Uh, Planet Adventures is Andy and Casey Panfill, a married couple who are on a mission to inspire a million people to live a life of purpose, passion, and self-mastery through the Unbeatable Mind operating system. The story began 10 years ago when they met and began adventuring together, mountaineering, climbing, canoeing, and spending as much time outdoors as they could spare. After both working 15 years in the corporate world, their lives were changed when they discovered the unbeatable mind. Since then, they have discovered new purpose and passion to inspire others. In 2019, they sold their possessions and hit the road for adventure to share their story with COVID. When COVID hit, their plans were once again changed. Shifting from sharing travels, they now focused on sharing the Ambubo Mind system and principles to help shape the future and help others find their potential. Guys, it's great to see you, Andy and Casey. You as well, Michael. Um, and before we start, um, condolences uh, on your friend. Um, you know, I watched uh, one, one of the, your podcasts with him. Um, very interesting fella, and I think the world's going to miss him. I appreciate that. Thank you for saying so. And agree. Thanks. So you guys are an awesome couple. Um, I've got to like watch you from a distance unfold your path, like first kind of pre-COVID traveling around the world. I follow you on Instagram. I know you personally through the Unbeatable Mind program, um, emails, phone calls, all kinds of great stuff. And I think it'd be so inspiring for a listening and viewing audience just to kind of hear the, the prequel to like what you're doing now, like how your individual paths crossed, like what led you to do what you do, your paths crossed, and then you launched the first Planet Adventures. Can we start there with a little bit of history? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. <clears throat> um, so, you know, I guess my story is, is not too uncommon from a lot of folks. Um, you know, I, I grew up in, in Wisconsin, uh, just uh, south of uh, Milwaukee, um, you know, went into the Marine Corps right after high school, ended up injuring my back, um, kind of derailed my plans there. Took a while to find some direction and purpose, but, you know, through that path, obviously there's some growth and, um, you know, had a, several different uh, managerial positions with different companies. One of them brought me to Colorado in um, 1998. And, um, you know, that's kind of when I think my story really started, really emerged. And I um, got out in the mountains for a few times and I just fell in love with hiking and got involved with a great organization called the Colorado Mountain Club, Um, was a a volunteer trip leader for them for a few years and um, just kind of felt my or found my stride there. We uh, 
I, I would get out and hike, mountaineer, um, did some ice climbing. And, you know, that was a progression, right? So at some point, I kind of maybe lost, lost that focus um, when another job took me kind of away from the mountains for a period of time, you know, not from Colorado, but just the demands of the job. And that was about the time the economy went south in 2008. And, um, you know, I was rift. Um, and it was actually a really good thing, right? It brought me to REI which I had already been working at on and off part-time for a number of years, but I also wanted to reconnect with the outdoor community. And so I actually developed a, a meetup group called Fierce Planet Adventures. And that's where the story started. Um, we met a lot of great people, right? We just had so much fun. We'd, we'd go out, took, take uh, groups out hiking, mountaineering, um, to the desert canyoneering. And a couple years into that, I just, I, my energy level tanked. I was feeling crappy. Um, wasn't quite sure what was going on. And that's about the same time I met Casey at REI. Um, we both worked there. You know, I had just come back and she had been working there. And we, that's when we started hanging out. And um, through a certain set of circumstances, I'll call it the universe, right? Guiding us. One of my friends at REI recommended a, a clinic in Denver to help me try to figure out what was going on with my energy levels and, and, and things. And um, it took me to, to a clinic called the Sound Clinic in Denver and a great group of, um, of uh, integrative medicine doctors there um, determined that I had uh, Lyme disease. Wow. And it, <laughs> it was a several year recovery process. But the neat thing is I had Casey there with me, walking with me, beside me the whole time. Um, through this process. And as my energy started coming back, that's when we started getting out in the mountains a lot more, um, hiking 14, the 14ers in Colorado, the 14,000 foot peaks and the 13ers, um, getting out to the desert. We started canyoneering together and then ice climbing together and backpacking. And it just, well, we kept on going, right? And we ended up getting married. And um, <laughs> in about uh, 19 or 2019, um, you know, I had been traveling a lot for work and, you know, it was, it was self-imposed, right? I, I volunteered to do it to cover a whole a bunch of districts for REI um, in my position there. Um, and I just, I, I kind of realized that, you know, I was spending a lot of time away from my wife. I'm spending a lot of time away from my passions and perhaps this isn't the right path for me anymore. Mm. And we had talked about it for a bit and decided to make a pivot. And we both went and uh, we, we left our jobs. We sold uh, all our, pretty much all our possessions except for our uh, adventure possessions and um, left Colorado um, to uh, come in uh, kind of adventure in the Tennessee in the Appalachian Mountain area. Um, we had a little base camp set up here with some family and that's when COVID happened, right? You know, we have every intention of getting back to Colorado. In fact, that's still in our plans. Um, but this was supposed to be just a, a couple of years of traveling around, you know, the country and the, and the planet uh, just to adventure and experience new cultures and, and new ways of doing things. And well, we just had to hit pause for a little bit until this whole thing passed. Um, so that's, that's my, my brief story in a nutshell there. Let me ask Casey, because I'd want to hear your story too, but I'm, I'm curious, what did you learn about Andrew while he was recovering from Lyme's disease? What stands out for you? 
Uh, you know, it was, uh, I think the first thing that stood out was that the resilience mm. uh, that I saw there and just the love that he had uh, that we were able to share and connect with, um, mm. not only for each other, but uh, for the outdoors, which is kind of where I think a lot of our story really started developing uh, as far as our friendship. And, um, but just the way he was determined to keep going and figure it out. And um, I was actually, when he started at that sound clinic was a little skeptical <laughs> as to the um, way they actually were treating everything. And just when I watched him and saw how much he was improving and the changes he was going through, it kind of inspired me to just support even more and push him even more. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Good. So tell me a little bit about your story, Casey. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Eastern Tennessee and uh, spent a lot of time outdoors uh, there with family, volunteering for backpacking uh, trips. And uh, at some point got into video production and uh, went to school for an associate degree in uh, Knoxville, but uh, struggled a little bit in my younger years with um, depression, anxiety, uh, some addictions, and needed a change of scenery. So I actually went to the Art Institute of Colorado, uh, which is what moved me out there, and picked up a part-time job at REI. And um, at some point we ended up being uh, in the same area of the store, same departments and started connecting there. And I had a big love for rock climbing and so did he. So we actually started going to the rock climbing gym together. And that's kind of where most of it started. Um, but as that developed, you know, we started uh, like he was saying, doing some higher peaks. And these were things I had never done before. Uh, Denver was probably the highest elevation I had been at at that point, other than an airplane. And uh, I actually, at some point, told myself I would never be able to do that because I had tried it once uh, to do a 14er and just, you know, awful results. <laughs> but uh, once we started doing it together, uh, we just found ways of connecting and pushing through a lot of the discomfort and uh, just those times of me questioning if I could do it or not uh, because we had each other to support and uh, keep pushing. But it was a pretty amazing time to learn so much about myself and this other person that I was with uh, at the same time. And uh, well, through that kind of adversity and pushing through the, the mental constructs that I had built up, um, it was a very eye-opening time. Um, and it wasn't too long after that that we started doing the unbeatable mind practices and even more started coming together. And like you said, that's when we started really questioning where we were going, what we were doing and uh, decided we wanted to live our own dream, uh, which was 
where our passions were. So spending time outdoors together and pushing each other through fear and challenge. So It's interesting because when I asked you what characteristic stands out for you, Casey, for Andrew, you said resilience. And then listen to you tell your story. It sounds like that's a characteristic that you also have cultivated over, over the years too. And I, and I love the mountains are continuous theme in your life. And then we have the five mountains in seal fit UM. <laughs> so it's like internal, external, real map, like physical mountains and all the internal mountains too. Um, can you guys talk a little about your time like discovering the UM program and how this changed, how you think and, and live in the world? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is a unique, but um, you know, when I was traveling a lot for work, I was listening to a lot of audiobooks, um, both both business and then also things like, you know, 13 Hours and American Sniper. So this book kept showing up in my audiobook feed, you know, a suggestion, um, you may also like this. It was The Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine. And I just really wasn't interested in anything having to do with the self, self-help, you know, so to speak, you know, that, that, that genre. But it just kept showing up month after month. And finally, I said, you know what, I'm going to let the universe guide me a little bit here. And I downloaded it. We started listening to it um, on some camping trips. And I said, well, they do an online program, too. What do you think? And Casey's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, So we started doing the online, the original foundations course uh, a few years ago. And it was just such an amazing experience um, connecting with the tribe on, on the Facebook platforms, um, opening up our minds to different possibilities of what's possible in life. If we just change our focus from maybe dwelling on the negative or not having our path aligned with our purpose and our passions. And once we started making that shift that's when the magic started happening. And it, it happened in the mountains of Colorado and the deserts of Utah. Um, and it continued to happen until the point we decided, you know, it's time for us to make a shift. And the neat thing with this is, you know, if Mark wasn't who he is, if he wasn't a, you know, a former Navy SEAL, I probably wouldn't have been open to, to this type of program. But I say it's, it's the program that I was, I've been looking for my entire adult life. just never knew I needed because, you know, different times in my life, I've done really well, you know, on the mental mountain academically, but maybe the physical side would, would wane or would fall off a little bit. Um, so I wasn't able to quite get the priorities in line together. And with the, the unbeatable mind program, you know, aligning the integrated training philosophy into five different areas and then focusing on the most important things was just, it was kind of a no brainer to me, but it was also an epiphany, right? It's like, how did I not know this my entire life? But it it took that program um, and that information to to bring it all together for me. And, you know, it's, it's invaluable. And there's just kind of no looking back for me on on that side of things. Um, You know, so we take a look at, you know, the, the physical mountain and, you know, it's an integrative program, right? So Kokoro Yoga is one of the sister companies there. And I had always been of the philosophy that, yeah, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. Guys don't do yoga. Well, I started doing yoga and guess what happened? I became more flexible, more durable, um, you know, more, more emotional and mental control going on. Um, and it just helped my back issues tremendously. 
you know, it didn't cure them, right? But it, but it was definitely, definitely provided much more uh, flexibility. And, you know, I mean, I can go on and talk about all the different mountains, and all the different aspects, but, you know, I, I guess I, I kind of want to leave it a, a little bit open because there's just so much individual discovery to be had by, by each person that, you know, I can share the details of my story, but it's going to be a t- completely different journey for somebody else. I do want to point out uh, the Andy, you're a licensed coach, unbeatable mind mm-hmm. coach and Casey, you're in the program heading towards licensure, which is awesome. Let me, let me, let's switch back to, to the mountains and ask you Casey a question you had mentioned in your, in your youth, you had some issues that you're, you know, challenges that you dealt with anxiety, depression, substance abuse was, was it a change of scenery, like moving from Tennessee to Colorado? That was the helpful thing, multiple different things, including like your time in nature. Like what might you say was a few of the factors or variables that were really helpful to you to help you deal, I guess, better perhaps with those issues? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the change of scenery helped quite a bit. Um, but I think I carried a lot with me uh, mm-hmm. to Colorado. And the outdoors, I think, was a big connection for me as far as connecting to the feeling that there's a lot more to life than feeling that way or mm-hmm. carrying so much negative energy around, uh, constantly questioning and being down on myself. And it was through the outdoors that I learned that I could push myself beyond where I thought I was. Um, but I feel it was mostly the uh, UM practices where I really started seeing a lot of big change. Um, it wasn't until I moved to Colorado I ever considered uh, therapy either. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was one of those stigmas where I come from where, well, you don't need to go to therapy. You're not crazy. Like, well, I'm not saying I'm crazy, but have some things I probably need to talk about and figure out how to deal with. Um, but after that and putting in the UM uh, practices, as far as breathing, meditation, uh, the yoga practices, I think were really the key to, to pushing beyond where I was at the time. Um, uh, there was a time I always surrounded myself with people where I hated to be alone. Sometimes Um, I appreciated independence, but I had trouble being alone with my own thoughts. And it was, that's, I had tried and always been interested in meditation and yoga, but I never had the patience or the quiet in my head to be able to practice them in an efficient way. And because of the UM and actually learning how to do some of these practices and that you can actually train your mind like a muscle, that the persistence is what ends up paying off. And that truly, I think, is what brought everything together over time. Nice. That's awesome. So a couple of things I'm hearing is like, okay, you guys doing a lot more time outdoors. You discover the UM program is really informing how you're showing up in the world and relating to yourselves and perhaps each other, which is awesome. But that's a huge different step than, oh, let's quit our jobs 
and sell all our possessions and live in our van and travel around the U.S. and have adventures. Can you walk? Can you guys walk me through and us through like the thought process and, the, and like some of the details? Because, you know, I, I would imagine people go, oh, my God, that's awesome. Or they go, holy shit. Like, I would never do that. And even those who'd say, oh, that's awesome. I'd love to do that. Like, how do you do that? Wow. How did you do that? It might be different yeah. for everyone, of course. But Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't an overnight decision. You know, we did talk about it for several months. There's a lot of thought that went into it. And, you know, I think we spent... Uh, probably at least six to eight months kind of setting up the, the scenario where we could actually do that, um, you know, with making sure we had enough money in, in savings and making sure that we had the right vehicle um, and, and just making sure that, you know, we, we could actually, you know, do that with, with very little friction. Um, I guess, you know, the thought process is or was behind it that, well, we weren't living our dreams. We weren't living our passions. We didn't feel like we were living our purpose. We worked for a great company. The company's still wonderful, right? And, you know, I, I love the folks that work there. Um, but it just wasn't aligning with what we wanted to do in life. And our one of our uniting points or pillars is was the outdoors and, and how we operated together as individuals and as a couple in the outdoors. Um, like, you know, rock climbing, mountaineering, canyoneering, just, you know, things where we had to rely on each other um, and make sure that, you know, we were looking out for each other because there's a high risk factor in some of those activities. Um, and that's where we found flow. That's where we found a lot of connection in life with each other and individually. And once we identify that, we started trying to figure out what we needed to do to make it happen. We started going after it and, and putting the, the pieces into place. You know, I'm not going to say it was easy. Um, you know, I, I guess it was, it's kind of simple, right? That, you know, we do X, Y, and Z, we get this, you know, our finances in order, the, the vehicle in order, but the emotional process was, wow, are we really doing this? Are we really just going to like, you know, quit our jobs and go travel. And, and yeah, this is exciting, but wow, you know, what happens if, and we decided that we kind of, we had a lot of our bases covered and you can't mitigate every risk that's, that comes, you know, your way in life. But if you have a purpose, a strong enough purpose, a big enough, why you can shift fire, right? When something comes along like COVID and it, it knocks you off course a little bit, you have the resilience to, to shift fire and, and work in, and target some other things, some other opportunities in life. And then when things come back, you know, to normal, so to speak, um, then you go back after it. Uh, you know, I think for myself, as we we're approaching the, the actual day of, of closing, closing up and, and heading out, I felt a mixture of, you know, anxiety, excitement, um, trepidation, um, and it was great, right? You know, it was just a, such a powerful, there's so much energy that was running through us at the time, right? And um, it, that was one of my indicators that we were on the right path, right? It just, it was, you know what, no matter what comes our way, we're together and we can handle it together. And you know, and we, so we set out. So that that's that's from my perspective. 
let me ask you, Casey, because, you know, in our program, we talk about boo, background of obviousness. And I'm, I have to imagine there are people in your life who just thought you talked about crazy, who thought this is crazy. <laughs> and I'm kind of wondering if you got any pushback and how might have you explained if you did yourself to people that are important to you? Yeah, I definitely had some uh, folks that maybe didn't fully understand where we were coming from with all this. <laughs> so, um, you know, newly married couple were seemingly very happy and we were uh, because we were adventuring, taking trips, uh, even while we were working as much as we could. Uh, we were pretty stable financially. And so the big question is, well, why are you going to give all of that up when you're so comfortable and safe? And that's just not where our passions were. Um, it's finding that joy of pushing beyond fear, the excitement, the, the adrenaline sometimes of knowing that you're following your heart and explaining that uh, helped a lot mm -hmm. uh, as far as this isn't just about making an impulse decision and uh, following someone else. It's about us doing what we really want to do and following those passions. Do you, do you ever study the work of Joseph Campbell and his kind of famous saying, follow your bliss? You guys are like the exemplars <laughs> of, of that saying. Um, let, so let me I, go back and ask you some more like very specific logistical questions that I could imagine some people might be thinking like, okay, you said savings account. Well, that, you know, if you're not adding to it, it's deducting. So eventually you're going to hit zero. What do you like? How do you, how did you guys think about that? And insurance and car and health insurance, car insurance, you know, other kind of expenses that at least back then you had to take care of health insurance. I, I think you don't have to necessarily have it now, but maybe two years ago you did under, I don't know when the Obamacare mandate shifted, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Just kind of curious, like, okay, logistics of money coming in and money going out because you have to eat every day. And where did you stay and insurance and car insurance, all that kind of good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we did the math. Um, we figured out what we could live on with, a, with the presumption that we'd be staying um, camping quite a bit um, at national parks, state parks, BLM land. In many areas of, of the West, the BLM land and the forest land is there's no charge for camping. Oh, nice. nice. Um, so the intent there was to minimize our, our actual like rent expense, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. that category. Um, you know, we had, I think we had a lot of the basics covered. Uh, we projected out for a couple of years and, um, you know, food, we kind of figured, you know, with our eating style, um, what we would need ballpark with some, you know, some treats in there now and then, um, and, you know, where it's gone from there or, or since then, because, um, we've been base camping with, with family in Tennessee for a little bit since COVID, um, it, we really don't have a lot of overhead expenses. So, you know, yeah, you know, there's been expenses we, we've, you know, I've got insurance through the VA. Okay. Um, and you know, Casey goes, she has her insurance out in the private sector, you know, um, through, through the, um, I forget what you call it, the, the healthcare insurance yeah. providing network. Um, 
I yeah, deal yeah. with most of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Um, so, you know, and that's, that's kind of where, you know, the UM coaching came in, you know, when that opportunity opened um, shortly after we started making the pivot, and I, I felt like that was an important part, uh, very important for my development to take that next step and become a certified and licensed coach. Um, the intent there was to develop, you know, at least a, a small bit of revenue that would be coming in to help support our adventures. And, um, you know, so we've developed, you know, our websites for Fierce Planet Adventures. Um, Casey's done a bunch of great artwork that she's got for sale. Um um, through the the website, um, I've just finished building the um, or almost finished building the Five Mountain Coaching, which is our our coaching business. That website, it's up, it's functional. It's just not exactly where I want it yet, but it'll it'll be there. So it's it's definitely open for business. Um, so that's what we're doing. You know, in the meantime, is you know we're we're not just sitting around. Um, we're actively you know par- partaking or participating in in life, and um, you know bringing in some revenue here and there. And, you know, I, I know Casey's got some other stuff going on. Um, so I'll let her tell her side. Um, I think the health insurance was probably the biggest <laughs> thorn in my paw, if you will. <laughs> uh, it was complicated and just over my head at the time because I had always had it through uh, the company. So it was super easy and really good insurance. And when I had to make that shift, um, I actually found someone to help me understand how to sign up uh, for everything and how to get covered for what I needed. Uh, when we first left Colorado, I was still covered for like a month or so. And I could not find anywhere to be seen in Tennessee for anything uh, because it was very state specific. Um, but. Luckily, this person, uh, when I had to sign up for new insurance, helped me figure that out. Um, you know, as far as uh, having the that mindset of we'll be okay and not focusing solely on finance and how little or how much do we have, uh, we also had the idea of, uh, I think we were at a Spartan race, uh, we would do volunteer shifts to um, earn free races and uh, just to hang out with other people. Uh, But they actually asked for people to stay and uh, work for a little while for a little bit of money. And I think at that point we were saying, you know, if we got into any real trouble, then we could always pick up some odd jobs here and there while we're traveling, or uh, we could do remote work somewhere, uh, something like that. So just having the mindset of being flexible and open uh, to what's coming our way, I think really helped with that. What what was your vehicle when you guys were traveling on the road? Uh, It was actually a Nissan Xterra uh, four wheel or four by four. Um, The idea there is uh, we were heading to uh, do a lot of the peaks in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So it would have helped us get back some of those mountain roads uh, clearance wise. You had mentioned earlier on Casey that you're, you did your studies in filmmaking. Uh, now I, I remember watching you guys do a lot of kind of fun crucibles uh, either on Twitter, I, I, through Twitter or Instagram. Um, 
were you the one who set that whole thing up and did all the filming? Uh, most of the video and graphics um, and video editing I did a lot of. Um, Andy's really good at the computer side of things and getting the platform set up. And I think he was the driving force behind at least the, the platforms and getting us where we needed to be there. And then I was able to take some of my uh, creative art background and um, really just spruce it up a little bit uh, with the video and stuff. So cool. kind of cool. came around. <laughs> nice. Now, you, obviously during COVID, uh, in-person things are quite challenging and uh, UM coaching can be done virtually. But I, I could imagine that you guys, once kind of post-COVID, you guys traveling around, you guys could do like half day, full day UM immersion programs in the desert, in the mountains, on the beaches, in the ocean, in the lakes, in the rivers. I mean, have you guys thought through what that might look like if, in fact, you want to do the kind of UM work that way? We've, we've definitely talked about um, different aspects or different things that we can do. Um, and we, we start talking about maybe looking at couples, working with couples um, with the UM framework and, and the, the tools and the practices. Um, we haven't put together a, a package yet, but yes, that is something that is, is in our, view, our, our future vision here, um, as, as well as you know, continuing the coaching and, and so on. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, doing couples work as a couple in some of the you know, kind of wilderness settings that you guys enjoy spending your time in could be amazing work. Yeah. yeah wow. We agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's just pretend for the moment that we're post COVID whenever that might be next month, next year, five decades from now. Um, and you guys are kind of able to launch from Tennessee. Do you have a vision of what that might look like, where you might be going your next series of adventures you want to try? Go ahead. Say so definitely uh, have a lot of uh, vision there. And a uh, couple that uh, we have started and really want to get back to is um, hiking the or completing the South Beyond 6000 Challenge. Uh, it's through, I believe it's the North Carolina Mountain Club. Hmm. Uh, it's basically all the peaks. Uh, in the southeastern area that are above 6,000 feet. Okay. Uh, so we got that started uh, this past summer and had a lot of fun doing that. It's quite different experience than the mountains of Colorado. Um, that being said, we also want to get back to Colorado to take on the uh, 100 highest peaks there, uh, which has been a dream of both of ours for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the Centennial Peaks of Colorado, just, you know, the hundred highest peaks, just amazing, just beautiful. It's something I've been working on for 15 years, but then when Casey and I started doing it together, I'm like, well, this has been so much fun. Why don't we just go back and do all the ones I've done individually or as, a, you know, we'll go back and do it as a couple. Um, and, and I don't, I think I've got about half of them under my belt so far. Um, I'm not sure where we sit exactly uh, together, but we've got a lot of them done, you know? Um, so we got to go back and finish that off. We've talked about getting back to the desert and um, continuing some canyoneering. In fact, that might be a trip that's on the near horizon, at least uh, 
if, if the state's opened up enough to go, we're going to head back to the Moab area for, for three or four weeks and just spend time out in the desert. So for anyone watching or listening to this, and they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. It's very inspirational. Like just in terms of like, you guys recognize what your bliss path is and then following it and kind of jettisoning everything that's not part of that bliss path for you. Uh, what kind of advice might you give for someone else? Like who, first of all, maybe I'm not even know what their bliss path is and, or maybe they have an idea because they have an impulse inside of them that they've always wanted to do some kind of life since they're little, but the fear is in the way. What, what might advice might you give to them? Um, you know, I think the most recent for me, uh, as far as pushing through fear and better understanding where some of that fear comes from <clears throat> is brutal honesty with myself <clears throat> and really just questioning where my fear is coming from, if it's real, if it isn't, and is it worth not doing something because of a story I'm telling myself in my head nice. and uh, also being positive uh, just about the outlook and accepting how things are. So nice. Uh, a little radical honesty. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Yeah. Um, Why? Wow, there's so many dimensions to this. Um, you know, I definitely agree with Casey, you know, and um, with fear, you know, overcoming your fears, most of the time our fears are, are not based in reality. They're irrational. Um, they're based in some previous experience or some story that we've created in our heads. In um, getting to the truth of that and um, uncovering what's real and what's just a story that we're telling ourselves. And the first part of that, I mean, it's, there's multidimensional, but two quick things, you know, find some silence, find some place where you can sit and, and just be alone with your thoughts and, and start to separate what is truth and what is fiction and journaling about those, those things, those, um, the things that you uncover really is amazingly helpful. Um, we can hold ourselves back so often in life from living somebody else's story or somebody else's expectations of us and coming to a place where we were comfortable with ourselves and what we've identified, what story we want to live, what, what story we want to write for ourselves. And so oftentimes I think people get stuck in living a life that somebody else expects for of them um, they, they go to work, you know, nine to five, and I'm not criticizing that by any means. It just wasn't the right path for us. Um, and, you know, they get towards the end of their lives and they're like, well, what just happened here? Right. You know, so one of the things that for me was, well, if I don't do this now, then when am I going to do this? And the answer was, well, I got to do it now. Right. And, and now is, there's no better time than now. So coming to terms with or figuring out what your purpose in life is and what you're passionate about, setting the stage, being intentional about the decisions you're making to get to the point where you can make that break from the safety net that you have and in being in a place where you can just, you know, take that, that leap of faith and have the confidence in yourself that, look, you know, whatever comes our way, we can deal with it. 
And, you know, if we need to, we, we can shift fire and we can, we can do something else temporarily, but that doesn't mean we failed. It just means, you know, we've found a different way to, to do what we're doing, right. To go after what we're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, some people, you know, might find it very useful to have, to have guides along the way. And I think that's where UM came in for us is, it, it, it gave us the framework to start thinking about things differently and uncovering our passions and our purpose in life and really, you know, aligning that with, with our future vision of, of ourselves. And once those things merged together that, and we, we set, set the stage, we, we, you know, checked all the boxes that we wanted to check to set our lives up to do this. That's when we took the step, the leap. Right. And, I would, I would offer to, to folks that are listening to this that, you know, spend some time uncovering what you feel your purpose is and what you're passionate about and, you know, find out what story it is that you want to live or what story you want to write for yourself and, and go after it. Um, you know, cause there's no better time than now. This is, this is your life. You know, this is, it's, it's not going to come around again anytime soon. Right. Right on. So <clears throat> I mentioned earlier that uh, Andy, you're a licensed, you certified licensed UM coach, and uh, Casey soon will be. So if people want to work uh, with you guys, at least for now, you, Andy, and then soon enough, Casey, assuming you don't need any volunteer clients, Casey, um, where can people? Oh, okay, <laughs> perfect. Okay. If you want to be a volunteer client of Casey's and you want to work with uh, Andy, um, how can they reach you? Like what you mentioned, a website. Yeah. Um, our coaching platform is the, the number five. So five and then mountaincoaching.com. Um, we're on the different social media platforms there. Um, we also have the Fierce Planet Adventures social media platforms and website. Any one of those venues is fine to reach out to us through. Um, you know, it's they're just two different sides of, of what we're doing in life right now. You know, one's one's the social side where we have our podcast and and share our adventures and our our our, um, our struggles and successes. And the other one is the actual coaching business. So either way it works out. And actually that's a nice segue. Let's briefly talk about your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fierce Planet Adventures podcast. Um, we've got several episodes under our belt. Um, there's several more in production or post-production and a few in, in production. Um, uh, we've had some amazing guests and, um, I think this is a great opportunity to call some of those folks out because um, this isn't something we've done by ourselves, right? We've had tr a tremendous amount of support from people within, um, within our lives and different communities we're involved in. And one of those people is you, Michael, and you've been very, you know, very supportive and helpful in guiding us here. And, um, you know, Catherine Chapman um, is, is awesome. She's wonderful. And she's been one of our, she was our first guest and it went so long and so well that we divided up into two different podcasts. Um, Michael Bullock, the man of mastery, um, Stuart Zvatsky, um, Dennis Stoika. Um, so, you know, just a whole bunch of great people, um, that we've had help us out along the way and um, many more to come for sure. So awesome. you can find us on, on all the different um, podcasting platforms, uh, iTunes, Apple, or I'm sorry, iTunes, um, uh, Google, Podbean, so on and so forth. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, if I may, a uh, quick Please. shout out also to uh, Jay Middleton, uh, who is uh, the creator of Bikes Kill Cancer. Uh, he was our second guest, I believe, but 
another great person that uh, has supported along the way. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, really nice because listening to you guys talk about it, it's, it's you know in the in the program we talk about Ida we, and it's obviously you guys have been climbing the mountains I in the in in your internal spaces, but it's to hear you guys talk about climbing the mountains as a couple, literally and figuratively and metaphorically, and then you know your wider community and how it's so important to you. I think it's so important for people to hear the importance of having people in your life who support your growth and development as we say, communities of practice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. Great to see you guys. Thanks for uh, joining well. me for this conversation. And let me encourage everyone to check out your website, check out your podcast, sign up for a, a volunteer client for Casey, one or two or three or four, depending how many you need. And obviously Andy, as well as a certified licensed coach. And let me strongly encourage you, you know, when the time is right for you guys, if it fits well with what you want to do is really do the couple's coaching work because i just think that's there's not much out there and you offer a really unique approach to it with just with your lifestyle it's inspirational in and of itself let alone how you can impart what you've accomplished and then the um operating system within that for couples great to see you you, michael great to see you as well thank you much appreciated yeah thank you so much appreciate you very much thanks